Whoa, wait, what? That's better. Hi there, and welcome to season two of the If You Ask Betty podcast, the podcast about all kinds of development topics for all kinds of learning professionals. I am Betty Danowitz, and today we're talking with Stella Lee about what we do wrong in learning consulting. Well, hi, Stella. Hi, Betty. <laughs> Thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, finally. Uh, can you give us a quick intro about you and maybe tell the listeners how we know each other? Oh, of course. Um, I don't know. How did we know each other, Betty? <laughs> did we? Uh, go ahead. No, did, uh, were we connected to, um, is it Darren? Yeah, it was Darren. Darren Nearland. Way to go, Darren. Yeah, Thanks, he Darren. Did. He's like, you need to talk to Stella. And I was like, you're right, I do. Thanks for reminding me. I felt like it's been ages since we talked. Yes, um, it's been a so, while. Yeah, right. Um, so I'm based in Calgary, uh, Canada, in the western end of the country. I've been in the consulting space and the e-learning space for about 20 years now. Um, starting out as an academic person. Um, so I was going to be a university professor. I very much was entrenched in uh, academic digital and e-learning, building mm-hmm. programs, curriculums, developing faculty, teach people how to teach online, looking at educational technology platforms for universities. And I kind of done with that. And I went into the corporate world. And after a few years of that, I realized I make a very bad employee. And so mm-hmm. I left that and really didn't know what to do. And somebody suggested I should go into consulting and I've been in consulting for about eight years now. So that's why I am today. Yeah. And that's why we're going to talk about consulting because you've definitely got a lot of concentrated experience in that. Okay. So we're talking about what we do wrong in -hmm. learning consulting. And so you you gave us a quick intro uh, overview, which I appreciate. Tell us a little bit more about your career journey because I'm, I know that you've had some pretty interesting experiences. You kind of you kind of played it on the down low, which is fine. <laughs> Let's me ask you this question like how did you get to where you are today? Give us just a little more meat. Well, it it all started with what I thought was a spam email. So <laughs> I'm intrigued. I know. So when I left the, the corporate world, I I kind of knew that, you know, I didn't want to be a full-time employee. This was shortly after I got my PhD in computer science and, you know, didn't want to be in academia, didn't want to be in corporate. So I took a trip to New York, as you will, just for fun, just to take a break. Mm -hmm. And while I was in New York visiting a friend, I got this email. I thought it was a spam because it's from the United Nations and UN is many, many things. Mm -hmm. Having good graphics is not one of the strong suits. Um, they sure, still sure. have this 1980s, uh, for those UN people listening, apology, but um, it's true, at least at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I got this email and it basically say, hi, Stella, um, we found you on LinkedIn. And would you be interested in doing a short consulting project with us on evaluating e-learning quality? And the agency is the International Atomic Energy Agency. So it's they had this logo. It looks like a 1980s Microsoft clip art. It You know, that, that autumn with the little, uh, you know, thing that goes around it? I can it? see it in my head. I can yeah, see it in my head, yes. It's exactly mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) 
And and that's the logo and the signature and stuff. So so I show it to my friend. I'm like, is this like a Nigerian princess spam right, email? Right, 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 right. right, right, right. Um, yes. I would have thought the same thing. Exactly. And I was like, why would the UN be like searching on LinkedIn for consultants? And I didn't think that was the thing they did. So I show it to my friend and it just so happened that her mother consulted for them. And she's like, this is totally legit and you should reply. So I did, wow. I reply and... I ended up in Vienna twice at, at the UN office and I was looking at their e-learning initiatives. And, and that's kind of how I started doing that full time without knowing like how I get into the, to, to doing consulting work. I landed on a pretty good gig to get me started. And then things just kind of built from there, right? I think once you've done one project and you try to think about, okay, now I can maybe build on that. Maybe I need to start uh, doing a little bit more networking maybe I should start putting my name out there so yeah that's it's it's yeah it kind of started with with this what I thought a spam email yeah that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm shocked because I don't I don't think I knew that story I mean I knew you had some interesting background maybe I did I don't it's been so long since we talked I know so that's that's great. Thank you for sharing that and it tells you if you know what it tells me it tells me I should spend more time checking my email because I'm, I'm not so good with the email. Maybe you're missing out on a few consulting projects. I might be missing out on the UN. <laughs> exactly. Trying to give it, yeah. You never know. Uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that. It's always good. I know for me, I love to hear people's L, uh, L&D peeps origin stories or even like really awesome things like what you just talked about, which that is your origin story. It was, but I still, you know what? I mean, as a consultant, I still constantly trying to figure it out. Okay. Um, you know, what do I need to do? It's not like... There's no script. You can talk to every consultant. They can tell you different things. And to me, it's just kind of naturally doing what I think I'm good at doing. What I did after that was I hired a business consultant, business coach. Like a coach? Yeah, like a coach. And she kind of sat down and helped me to do things through some stuff. And also, like, I wanted to be grounded on, like, who I am and what I wanted to do. And so it basically working with a coach helped you. At least it helps me to come up with a plan which I think yeah. is, you know, tremendously useful. So tips for anyone out there wanted to get started, I would highly, highly recommend uh, working and, with a business mm-hmm. coach. And it's worth the investment of your time to help oh, you yeah, really. Totally. Yeah. The investment of your money and your time is what I'm trying to say, because it, yeah. it really helps you hone in on what is it that you're really trying to do. And I think that's, I think that's awesome advice. I haven't even gotten to the advice part, but that's great. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do our back work. <laughs> That's all right. That's no big deal. So, okay. So throughout all of your experiences, I know that you've spent some time consulting for learning solutions as we all do. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to start with the big question, which is what do you see that we are doing wrong when we consult for learning solutions? And not that we're trying to make it negative, but I know we can learn from the mistakes of yeah. our, that we've made and the mistakes of others. So what is it that we're doing wrong? Um, like for any companies, like when we're consulting in the L&D space, is that... Yeah, anytime okay. we're consulting for learning solutions. I think what there's many things I felt like I've done wrong. <laughs> so Okay. We I don't start know, there. These are lessons that, that other people can take. Lessons um, learned. Yeah. Lessons learned. I think the first the first thing is like not knowing your worth. I think it's it's really hard as mm-hmm. as women. I, I found it really difficult. And as a minority woman, you know, English is not even my first language. I lived in around the world, so I'm always felt like I'm not like from wherever I lived in, 
And yeah. there's so much nuances and, you know, you still work in a male dominating world. So, you know, I always, always have to deal with in, imposter syndrome and either yeah, it's coming yeah, from yeah. me or other people trying to like impose that on you. And it is something that I think we need to first be mindful of it yeah, and to be like very consciously caught out. And also to mm-hmm. have like your champions, like your friends, your mentors, other people to kind of also support you because sometimes you also feel like um i just being overly critical which is very easy to do or is yes. this fair that am i okay that you know I, I really don't know this and i need to learn more about it or i'm just being overly critical so i think as a woman like we succumb often to imposter syndrome so it's mm-hmm. one thing i think i certainly make tons of mistakes by maybe undervalue myself or underselling yeah. which also links to well how confident are you in able to negotiate right i think negotiation it's it's something that we really need to learn hugely uncomfortable but i think everybody should again like develop that and and i know it's linked to imposter syndrome because you felt like oh no i mean everybody knows this no actually not everybody knows and yeah don't felt like oh that doesn't worth that much like do your homework. What's the what's the going rate at the market, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And 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 also think about well, what is it that you have that is unique that you bring you bring that value into mm-hmm. the organization, and like don't undermine that and like but always do your homework so you're not like just quoting a price out from the left field, but really right. is you know valid and don't be afraid. Like I often think about. I have to negotiate for like all the women out there. (laughs) Yeah. Just kind of. You're you're imagining them all standing behind you like, go Stella. Yeah, because, you know, like anytime you read about um, gender pay gap or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm asking for that extra, you know, what was it? 25% or 30%, you know, like I don't. Yes. I'm going to have to go for it. So I think that's something I've learned. I'm always, always feel like, oh gosh, like I butchered that negotiation job because, you know, when they say yes too fast, you're like, oh no, (laughs) it's under budget. Oh man, I should have asked for more. I could have doubled it. Yeah. Yeah. But then the risk also is like, what if you, you know, you have to be confident that this is how much that you know that you're worth. Because to be honest, other companies are also like, we oh no, we try to get the cheapest, you know, possible right. pricing. Mm-hmm. And perhaps you have to think about maybe those are not my target customers. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to like able to walk away too, to and, and trust yeah. that that's not the right project for you. So I think able to negotiate, know your value yes. and able to walk away and be confident that this is not the right project, the right project would come. Which is hugely yeah. uncomfortable when you're consulting because you don't know if they will. Like you might not know. That's true. Yeah. That's. So, I mean, I think those. I think you're absolutely right. Those are yeah. things that we do wrong. The no, not knowing your worth. I love that you started with that. Because, yeah. And I don't know if you know this, but I've I've done a series on imposter syndrome. Oh I well, know. I would love to hear it. Yeah, I had uh, 25 interviews of folks from all over the world. Uh, all different, uh, mostly in learning industry or learning adjacent yeah. and got their stories about imposter syndrome. So, so I'm, I'm very happy to hear you say that, but absolutely. You're right. Cause that's, I'm so glad you started with that because that is the cornerstone of why I think we struggle 
with yeah. consulting about learning solutions, whether you're your own personal, cons- or not personal, but your, what is it? What, what, what's the word? Freelance consultant. Wow. That word was not coming. Freelance <laughs> consultant. Or if you were like inside an organization yeah, doing consulting with other yeah. lines of yeah. business. Yeah. yeah. It, if you don't know your worth, you don't understand that you have the value, you have the knowledge, exactly. you are a learning person, and this person is likely not, then that's going to affect everything else you do in your consulting. And negotiations, I got to tell you, you're the first person I've ever said, I've ever heard say, you should get good at negotiations to be a learning consultant. And why did I, like, I'm like, why did I never think of that? You have to be because otherwise, just like you said, you're going to discount yourself. So you've got to learn it does, it's not like in the movies where they sit down and they're like negotiating some giant contract and you got to like stare at somebody in the eye and, and like <laughs> try to intimidate them. That's not, that's not exactly what I we're talking about. I think that word should be changed. Yeah. I think yeah, negotiations I mean, just sound so intimidating to, to so many of us. Yeah. Right. I think, I think it's yeah. just like kind of um, getting, getting what you're worth. I think it's yeah at, at the and, bottom of and it. And just being, being so grounded in knowing that that's true, that you're okay to go back and forth and negotiate. So got anything else? I was going to share, somebody told me once, and I think it's really useful. It's that if you feel uncomfortable, like most of us are negotiating a a price for how much we charge, think about negotiating on behalf of your best friend, you Mm. know, like, like, wouldn't you do that? Like, wouldn't you fight for everything for your best friend? Because, you know, this person yeah, is awesome you, and she's worth it. And you know right? their value. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great way to reframe it. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. And just to add to the imposter syndrome, um, I want to share personally. So for the longest time, I felt like, oh, I don't know enough. I'm, I don't, my voice, you know, doesn't matter that much. Or I don't know enough to like publish or speak or because, you know, you felt like you need to hit a certain threshold before you can be this authority, sure. right? Yeah. And then I got my PhD. And then I'm on the other end. And I was like, oh, no, I can't talk or write about things because now people going to think I know something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, you can't win on either end when, of the spectrum. I yeah. just wanted to share that with you, like, in terms of imposter syndrome. It's like, it never ends. So you might as well just yeah. do it. You have to, you really have to invite your imposter syndrome to sit down beside you and just yeah. move through life with you because you're not getting rid of them. No. And, yes. you, you know, when you, once you reach the next level, like a lot of times people think, well, if I get to this level, then I won't, I won't have these doubts anymore. No, no, no. Yeah. They just come right with you. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they just different change doubts, shapes. So yeah. <laughs> they change shapes and colors yeah. and you know, yeah. patterns and stuff like that. So yeah, that's great. I love that. Yeah. So what do you think we should, what should we be asking? Like what would be... So let me just give you a, a for yeah. instance. Let's talk. Let's talk freelance, and then we'll talk internal. So if sure. you're a freelance learning consultant like you, yeah. and somebody comes to you with a need, what are, yeah. what are some of the core things, core questions that we should be asking? Actually, I think it applies both internal and external. The first question I would ask is, is this even a learning problem? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. so often, like training, just get hit for. Oh, somebody behaved badly. So this person needs like, I don't know, diversity training. Yep. <laughs> so I'm like, is it just poor hiring? Or is there some communication that, yeah. behavioral performance issues? Um, is it something that learning can fix even? I think the first maybe thing they're is- just I mean, if I can say this, maybe they're just an asshole. 
Oh yeah. You know, like you can't like, really fix that. So it's like a high end practice too, right? Like, is it, mm-hmm. is it something that you, you do that you missing a mark when you're hiring or, yep. you know, is there something happening internally that the, the culture is such, I think a lot of that is like, like the problem of the culture mm-hmm. of the organization. Mm-hmm. So I also want to kind of, if you're internal, you kind of know it. If you're external, I, I think you'll want to spend a little bit of time kind of digging into it just to say, okay, mm-hmm. um, you have this, this challenge. I, I think oftentimes we don't take time to step back and looking at the bigger picture. I think mm-hmm. that's the first question I wanted is like, let's look at the context. What what context yeah. are we looking at this this challenge? Yep. And Agreed. Yeah, because I think sometimes, especially it's different when you're at a school or at a university whereby learning is the end goal. In, in corporations and every, everywhere else, learning is a mean to an end. So mm-hmm. there are other means. <laughs> so there are. Oh, that, that, was, that was so profound. There are other means. Like there are other ways to do yeah. this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love so that. we have to kind of align, look at other means. What else can we do? And also maybe bring in the right people. Like sometimes I felt like like clients are not very good at identifying stakeholders or they leave mm-hmm. people out. Mm-hmm. Most commonly yep. and ironically, they leave the target learners out. So, yes. Right? You're right about that. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yep. They're not even a thought. They're not even a blip on the radar. No, they often Mm -hmm. bring in like the manager and I'm like, yeah, I understand you have to be the one reporting, but you're not even touching this, this learning, this training, you're not going. So don't tell me what you think. It's good. Yeah. And I always like the other thing I don't think we ask often enough is I always look at the end. This is why I'm already like, when, when you joke to me about I'm doing this podcast back work, I think that's just how I, <laughs> yeah. that's just how I operate just on a time. Just get to the end first. And then we exactly. Yeah. It's like reading the story at the end. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to think about the end when I do consulting. I like to think about, okay, so what does the end look like? Like meaning, what does success look like? How do you track that? Yes. How do you know we get there? Yeah. So I often like to put it out there. So how do you know when you want me to solve this problem that I solved it? What yeah. should that look like? What does the behavior look like? What kind of competencies? Like what does the performance yeah. reflect that? How do you measure it? So those are things I like people to start thinking and not thinking at the end. Exactly. You should be thinking about that in the beginning. I, li- I like to do an exercise. Um, my, my boss, Brittany Cole and friend, Brittany Cole taught me this. And it's, um, what do you want them to do, yeah. say, and feel when they're done mm. with this program? Oh, I love and, it. And so, and that kind of answers that question, right? It helps you figure out what's the measurement, you know, because yeah. if you can be real specific about what, what are they yeah. doing that's different in their behavior, yeah. what are they saying to other people about the program? Not because we want, you know, great marks, but because if it makes an impact, you'll tell somebody about it. Yeah. And, and it also- will come up at dinner. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like having a good surface. Absolutely. And and also like what you need to do to like help them maintain it. It's not just yep. like able to do it once. Um, like I think that's important too. Yeah. yeah. These are great questions. And I think what happens a lot, especially internally, but I'd imagine this happens externally as well, is that they come to you with a solution, not a need. So I like, know. I know. Oh uh, my gosh. <laughs> we need a 
<laughs> we need a one hour uh, virtual training on blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I'm always like, really? You think you need a one hour virtual training? Maybe yeah, how much time do I have in this podcast? Because we can talk about that for the rest of the, <laughs> the time. <laughs> but honestly, okay, I wanted to share with you. Yeah, I read this cartoon and it was really interesting. And it talks about you don't go to a doctor and say, doctor, I need a knee surgery because like this thing is hurting on my, like, I don't know, kneecap. I'm pretty sure I need like a, I don't know, knee replacement. A knee replacement. Yeah, like right, very specific. Right. Did you do that to your doctor? No. I'm just like, this is hurting. Could you like tell me what's wrong? Right? Right. Like you tell them the symptoms. You trust the professionals to give them, right. to give you the right solution. But not in training. Like, no. why not? Mm-mm. No, because everybody wants to be the trainer. And everybody thinks they can do it. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that's the problem is like, I, I think it's sometimes it's also really hard to know when like bad chaining takes place. Like it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's easy to cover up or it's not obvious that it was terrible. As opposed to yeah. if somebody butcher my, my knee, I know right away, like this instant yes. feedback built That's in. Right. But a lot yeah. of times we don't built in any kind of feedback or measurement into our yeah. training impact. So I think I think that also will encourage people to come up with solutions without actually talking to you about symptoms. And mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting how the things that you're talking about really align with design thinking because you're talking about you know you got to bring the yeah. user in yeah. and you got to test things out yeah. and ask and figure out what you're doing and, and iterate things. And I just think that's. I mean, maybe you did that on purpose. I don't know. But I just think it's interesting that it um, aligns so nicely. I, I'm not that brilliant on a Monday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, though, what did you do when people come up with already defined solution to you? What did I do? Yeah, like I, I, I know what right. I do. But, you know, what do you do? Do you push The back? first thing I do is try to really control the look on my face. And I... <laughs> Honest to God, because I have a really hard time because they'll they'll come to me, hey, we need this. And I'm just like, you need what now? Do you, do you also have a very animated face? Yeah, I can see that. I do. Yeah, it's I really totally a struggle. Yeah. It's a struggle. So like I have to really focus on like sometimes my eyes get a little bigger because I'm really trying to focus on what my face looks like. But I, I always say, OK, well, let's uh, tell me about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Try mm-hmm. to get them yeah. to come back yeah. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I might even validate them a little bit by saying, I can see why you would think that that might be a good idea. Oh, good strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I'd really like to like spend some time better understanding sort of what, what's happening before we make a final decision. Yeah. So kind of bringing them back a little bit, but I'll tell you like the 15th, 16th, 17th time in a month that you've had that same conversation. You went out steam. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, you're like, at that point you're like a one hour training. Okay, fine. Yeah. I'll take it. (laughs) Not that I've, not that I've really actually done this, although I probably have at some point over over yeah. my career but yeah. in my head i'm like i just i don't even want to argue with you anymore yeah to pick your battles yeah i think sometimes yeah. you, you so think um, about like which which one yeah. you know you can pick i'm um, saying i i think i really just trying to unpack that too just to like or sometimes i would just say okay you know i try to ask a lot of questions to you like what what makes you think this is a good solution like and then and what else can we do or what about you know packaging that with some other things so i consult also on bringing in like a piece of learning platform 
to your organization. Oh, yeah. so, so they often like yeah. say, oh, we need an LMS or LXP or whatever learning platform. And then I, I would say, oh, did you have, what's your strategy? You know, what brought you to this um, decision? And they were like, oh, having an LMS is our strategy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. the training strategy, right? And so you, you, you often ended up getting my foot in the door through that kind of project. But then I... Mm-hmm. As part of my project, I, I start unpacking stuff for them, right? I, and I can say, okay, um, you, we can help, you know, getting this evaluating and selecting a solution for you, uh, a learning mm-hmm. platform. But but you're going to have to know why you you, you get that. Um, why, why did you want to buy this system? Because it's an expensive investment. And you yes. need to know, like, why are you using it so I can help you with picking the right one? The mm-hmm. analogy I like to use is... You can just say, hey, Stella, um, I need a car. Help me buy a car. I'll be like, okay, there's like thousands of cars out there. Like, what do you need? Oh, I don't know. I want a blue one. <laughs> I mean, that's I not a conversation, one. right? <laughs> You're like, okay, come back when you know what you want. Yeah. yeah. So you start asking, like, did you want it to like go shopping? Do you want it to like drive across the desert? Did you want this mm-hmm. to be, uh, you know, off road? Like, because that those are very different vehicles to get. So, yes. Agreed. So, so yeah. you kind of have to understand, like, what what do you need it for? No, but people often come and they would say, oh, I want a car. I want it to be blue. I want it cruise control. I want it all wheel drive. But then I'm like, if you're only driving it to the I don't know, locally in California, do you need all-wheel you drive, cruise, right? And you don't need cruise <laughs> you control. You don't need cruise control, exactly. No. Yeah. So yeah, that's, and, uh, yeah. it's interesting you, you brought up LMSs because there was a time back in, oh gosh, this is at least 10 years ago. I, I hate when I say years. I always wish I hadn't said it because it makes me feel so old. I'm like, oh, 10 no. years, 15 years ago. We were evaluating LMSs at um, the place where I worked at the time, the one we were using, they no longer supported because we were on like version 3.0 and they were getting ready to roll out version 9.0. So you can't, you can't be mad at them for that. I I mean, but we had to do something. And, and I remember sitting in these meetings and people would go back and forth and back and forth. And I would say, you know, this would really help if we could just define what is the scope and purpose of our Exactly. Exactly. They and didn't even nobody have that? could answer that question. I'm like, because wow. if you can say this is what it's for, then we can say this is what it's not for. Mm-hmm. And so these people that want to have a team meeting and want to log it in the LMS, it doesn't belong in there. Like that does no. Put that in Outlook. Go away. You don't need that in there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You're also so getting I, a right laundry list. What I call laundry list of, of features, but no. Yes. Why? No strategy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No why. No, what is the point and purpose of what yeah. we're doing? Yeah, exactly. Um, so. oh, I feel so validated. Oh, of course. 10, 15 of years course. for that. But yeah, I appreciate that validation. But it, you know what? It's like, you should know it happened more often than not. It's, it's still. <laughs> still. Oh, yeah. Still. Yeah, that's a shame. Okay. So we talked about what we should be asking. Why do you think we don't ask these questions? Like what, what gets in our way? Well... I think it gets back to the earlier point about lacking confidence or maybe we don't think mm-hmm. we are like, I think, you know, so much conversations about LNDs not sitting at a table. There's, there's some That's truth true. to it, right? I think like training is the first function that get budget cut. And I think, and, and I, I also understand because 
if we're not doing things that bring value to the organization. Sure. And yeah. And also, if people think, oh, all they do is just running workshops. I I, I work and consulted in organizations that LNDs have a bit of reputation of like, oh, they're just burning money, and we don't、mm-hmm. see any results. It just oh, it feels good. We get a free lunch to the workshop, and that's it, right? <laughs> just, yep, that's so it. So I think some of that is just、um, internal. Like you know, maybe if it's an internal team, they just haven't had the best reputation. Therefore, it's not enough. They haven't established any what is it expertise or 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 any yeah. trust、uh, yeah. within the organization to to push that.、Yeah. I think also a lot of times like. L and D is such a broad field. People don't necessarily felt like they have all the knowledge. Like when you push back about、mm-hmm. when you ask questions like measurement and learning impacts, like we don't do that well. No, and, we don't. And we don't do that well because it's a different expertise to, that you need to develop,、mm-hmm. right? Like people、mm-hmm. get degrees in just that. That's、um, right. There's established methodologies behind it, and a lot of L and D people they get into it because they love. Facilitating because they love creating instructional design modules with storyline. So yeah, that's that's what they enjoy, and this is how like they they get started. And and it's difficult because then every week you're like, oh, L and D needs to take on coaching function. L and D needs to take on analytics function and and tech function and, and don't forget、functions. don't forget change management. Oh yeah, exactly. And project management, and change management, all often. Yeah, don't like, forget about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.、Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I think it's it's also sometimes be realistic about expertise, and I think people also felt like, oh, maybe it's not my place to ask because I I'm not the expert here. Especially when it comes to technology, I think a lot of times、yeah. IT is driving it. They have a dominant voice in the matter, which I don't think it should be the case. But they hold the cards, right? Like yeah, they're but, the ones who say yes or no so many but, times with IT. But tech is scary too. Like if you're not technical, like they throw at you so many jargons. That's true. That's true. Like、yep. you don't know how to ask questions because you don't even know what questions to ask. Yep, I agree. Yeah, so I think maybe those are some of the reasons that's holding us back. I think sometimes it's also like the culture too. Like maybe、mm-hmm. an L and D function is like, yeah, you just like. Produce training, like you were saying. How、right. many, how many times people、yeah. just come and say we need a one hour training? Takers. Yeah, order, yeah. Takers, order takers, exactly. When we should be strategic partners. Yep, yep.、Mm-hmm. But see how you said yep. You were like yep, like it's like.、Yep. I mean, that's the dream. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think you know what. At least,、um, at least the past couple of years. I see a change, right? I think people、yeah. are at least there's more conversations about it. At least people are aware of it. At least I would agree. We are trying. These things take time, and I think we're also having like as the the older folks are retiring, a newer wave are coming in. I think、mm-hmm. you know it, it would take it would take another generation or so to to really. Yep, I would agree. You know, get it and and training. I know it's been around, but it's also kind of new too. In combination of all the things that we're doing, like it's not been around that long. Like you think、That's、about,、um, like yeah, instructional design the, the way the military did it. Yeah, it was in the '60s, but we don't do that. Thankfully, I'm. I know. I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we not most of us are not doing that. <laughs>、yeah. um, 
But, but then that, that means we take on many other new functions and it also takes time to settle the dust with like all yeah. the, all that we do. That's true. And, and also like org structures also been shifting. I think historically mm-hmm. L&D sits under HR and I think that's been shifting. And it has, right? Because I think back because I yeah. feel like before, I think for a long time it sat in the line of business or maybe in an affiliate or mm-hmm. in the state or, yeah. you know, however, however the company was split up and then it, there was a, there was a centralization and That's now right. they're starting to move back out again. It's more hybrid um, now, I see. Yeah. Or a lot of matrix organizations. Yep. So you actually have multiple bosses, yep. but only yep. one of them writes your review. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I think even like just the, the structure of, of training is, is changing. And along with that, it's a little bit of identity crisis too. Like, so am I yes. HR? Am I IT? Am I like stand alone? Am I with business? So I think that also like makes it difficult to yeah. like voice our opinions and ask questions. Yep. I agree. Boy, you just rattled off a lot of reasons, but here's the thing, like just <laughs> because we have, no, it's good. No, it's good. You said things I haven't, I hadn't thought about in many years, like literally yeah. dusting off the files in my head, which is good because these are still issues. Yeah. But the thing is, even though we have good excuses, there's still not really an excuse for us not to do our best to consult and ask those important questions. So to sort of help folks that are listening and are like, feeling that conviction, right? Well, I really should do better. I don't want to, but I should. How can we do better? Like, do you have any resources that you'd recommend that would help us learn more about consulting and how to be more effective? Yeah, I think um, just think about like, if there's like an area you want to specialize in, like when you talk about change management, um, mm-hmm. I think uh, eventually L&D, it's going to get more specialized. Um, like, you know, you might have multiple people in your team, but like you have an L&D that also have change management expertise, right? Mm-hmm. You'll have an L&D mm-hmm. person who is more knowledgeable about artificial intelligence and other tech that's newer. Sure. You can look into that. So I think you think about like where you want to take on like a little bit of specialized knowledge and then dig a little bit for like if you're interested in change management, maybe get certified in, yeah. into that and then bring that in. I, I'm always very, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of looking at other disciplines and bring it back in. Yeah. That's how you push the field. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how you grow. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. So many times, like change management is a great example. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever listened to, I have probably half a dozen episodes about that have change management we've done somehow because I believe we are a huge part of it. Absolutely. But I don't believe we're supposed to drive it. Like we aren't the change management. But but when you understand it, right? Like yeah, we can understand it. We can see the role that we play. But there's stuff that needs to happen before, during, and after our our place in change management. That's right. And we can't be expected to carry the whole thing. And I think a lot of organizations, especially those that are sort of in that mid-size, they mm-hmm. don't know that they need somebody to run their changes. Mm. They just know that, oh, okay, you're you're going to run this initiative and don't forget to get L&D involved when you need them. And that's just not how change management works, <laughs> which is probably why it's a struggle. It's a struggle for that company to maintain any decent change because 
they're not really doing it right. You're doing yeah, they, it wrong. They, they like that's what I want to like say. A, a neat package that you can just like sit here, you know, and right. it's not it, it, instead of looking at it as a, a continuum, like a continuous right. process, right? Like it, instead of just exactly. like, okay, here's, let's let's move it to change management now and leave it there, right? Before we move on. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, like other resources, like I mentioned, I think it's a really good idea to hire a business coach to mm-hmm. kind of help you put some structure around that. Um, I've been told um, it's also really good to kind of start. Like first thing I think about lo- knowing yourself, um, the first thing I did when I decided to go into consulting is I did a swapped analysis of me in oh, nice. relation to consulting. So swapped is yeah. what is it? Strengths, uh, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Yeah. So yes. this is like a, a quadrant and you in mm-hmm. each quadrant, you kind of put about like, what's, uh, what are your strengths? Uh, what are your weaknesses? What are some opportunities and what are some threats, right? So then you, you kind of know like where you, where you sit and which area you need to get help. And as a consultant, don't feel like you have to do everything. I think there's like, there's merit in delegation. Like I hate dealing with finance. Uh, it's also my weakness. Me too. <laughs> I Me, do not let like that. Somebody else knew that. I don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, but no. but you know, like I I knew that I'll be going into like a business world. I know I'll be running a business. So first, I I had a I just hired a very good accountant, and yeah. I mean that kind of take a load off of my worry, right? And and yeah. also like you know, there's there's softwares and things that you can use that are getting easier and lighter weight. So mm-hmm. I think my point is like, don't be afraid to ask and get help. And sometimes you might have to spend some in order to get some. Yep. That's right. So I wouldn't be like too stingy to try to like, okay, yeah, it, it costs money to hire an accountant. It costs money to buy software to help you organize your, your work. It, it costs money to ha- work with a business coach, but you know, like you can always do it in increments. You, you, when I hire my business coach, I just like four sessions with her and see how it goes and see if it's actually helpful. And and you can always like say, hey, can I, um, every, any any coach, um, it's always open to like a 30 minute conversation for free. So yeah. shop around, make sure it's a good fit yeah. as well. And then when I was doing a little bit more speaking, um, and presentations, I actually work with a presentation, like a voice coach, um, just to oh, help nice. me. How did you like not have stage fright? How did you talk to like a large group of people without losing your voice? You know, how do you project? Mm-hmm. What yeah. kind of gesture should you be making? You know, how did you present? So like, I have a tendency to drop off at the end of my sentences. And so she's like, mm-hmm. okay, make sure you don't like lower your voice at the end, but also like don't go up too much so so there's certain techniques that you can learn and help build your confidence and so just think about like which area you want to grow and develop as a professional and invest in that I love that that's great advice you're giving out all kinds of great advice today oh wow um, I I'm glad that it, it helps I it, I mean this is, is my perspective I'm sure other people have you know their own but I mean, this is all I can say is like, okay, it works for me and I'm still continuously, you know, I guess it's kind of like a design thinking process. <laughs> I'm iterating all the time. <laughs> You're iterating all the time, which is exactly what we need to do. Um, well, great. So just two more quick questions as we yeah. start to wrap up. So the first one is, what is the quality that you admire in others and why? Hmm. Confidence 
mm-hmm. humility, which I mm-hmm. think it's hard to balance the two, and a growth sure. mindset. Look at you. Like we talked about this before. <laughs> Confidence, humility, and a growth mindset. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of times confidence, confidence can be seen as arrogant. I know. I think a lot of the time it's not the same. I mean, you can be confident and not be arrogant. You can be arrogant and not be and be a very insecure person. In fact, use arrogance is yeah. typically because that person is because they're insecure. hiding insecurity. In, yes, you know, within. So yeah, that's what I say. Yeah. Confidence and humility, because I really like. The balance of the two, like I think mm-hmm. you can be confident, but but be humble. It's it's always something I admire in people. I also,、um, it's these are qualities that I like to keep reminding myself to develop. The reason I mentioned confidence is because it links so closely to imposter syndrome, yes, and I、uh-huh. really like to put it out there to just as a reminder that it's something. It's not something you you know somebody. People, I think, think that oh, you either are confident or you're not confident. But no, like it's something you can work on. That's right. That's right. And same with humility. Like it's it's something that is an ongoing thing.、Um, yeah, like you, you know, you can be proud of yourself. You can even be arrogant for like a minute, but you know, you can always bring yourself back to earth. <laughs> right. Right.、And、Keep yourself grounded. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, and I tend to get really excited when something cool happens. Yeah, and I do worry sometimes that that comes across as me being like, "Look what I did," but really it's like, "Look what I just did." Yeah, yeah like you know like, what I mean. Like it's excitement. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. like I can't believe that just happened.、Yeah. Like and celebrate with me, you know. And so yeah, yeah, I've yeah, had yeah. to kind of change the way I like. I'll be like, "Hey, you want to celebrate something with me?" Because I'm literally sitting here at home working alone, just me and my dog. I'm gonna tell you what: if I tell my dog one more cool thing that happened, she's like, "Whatever, lady. Did you can I give a biscuit?" Like she don't care. So I gotta find somebody else to like celebrate with. Oh yeah, I always do、yeah. a happy dance when I get a good project, right? And, yeah, and that's a great just, idea. I should. Yeah, I would just be like, I rock, and then <laughs> just woohoo, yeah. So, and you know, you know, you remind、uh, me of when you talk about confidence.、Uh, let's see, confidence, humility, and growth mindset. Ted Lasso. Have you watched this show? No, Ted Lasso on Apple TV. You're like the second person that told me about that.、So. You gotta put this on your list. Right, it's great, it and Ted is all of those things. Okay,、um, yeah, that's yeah. My friend said he watched it twice, so must be good. Oh yeah, oh、okay. that yes.、Okay. I'm about ready to start my second round because I watched the first season, then I watched the second season, so now I think I might go back and start first season again. Yeah, it's just a growth mindset. I've I've learned it from my dad. He's always、mm-hmm. like super curious. I I just really enjoy seeing the world to him because he's always like yeah. He's always asking questions. He's always curious. He always wanted to learn things, and so I grew up with that. And、yeah. I just cannot see it any other way. I I、That's、think、great. it's just and 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 it's actually quite shocking when I come across people that are not like that. I'm like, you're missing out on so much. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's、yeah. true.、Um, I'm right there with you. How、yeah. can people connect with you if they want to after the show? They cannot ever connect. With no, me. don't no. call Stella. Yeah, no. <laughs> Um, I am、um, well. Obviously, email、um, Stella at paradoxlearning.com.、Um, okay. And、um, I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn. So Twitter is Stella L. It's my handle. I do not know what my Facebook link is, but I guess it's just Stella Lee.、Um, okay. Yeah. Probably.、Me. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. 
Well, thanks, Stella Lee, for sharing your thoughts today. And hey, thanks, listeners, for hanging out with us. If you like this podcast, please go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash If You Ask Betty to learn how you could support this and future If You Ask Betty projects. Don't forget to tell your friends and watch for another episode of the If You Ask Betty podcast soon. Peace out.